Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Old Government of the Podcast. As always, I'm Abdullah, and with me, as always, is Tom. Hello. And let's just jump into it. I'm not happy with the current WWE product. You're never happy with the current WWE product. Let's, <laughs> uh, let's, let's, let's be straight with that. <laughs> so, they announced today that um, WWE Magazine is going to be shutting down, which I think is horseshit, because... Again, for those who don't know what's happening, WWE's in, in a little bit of financial trouble right now, and they're kind of cutting back on their budget and firing a couple people here and there, and it's it's crazy. And, and recently today they announced that um, that they're that uh, the magazine division is dead and it's not coming back. I've been saying this from day one that WWE was going to shut down the division at some point, but they chose the wrong division. And I said this on Facebook. I said, so you're telling me WWE Studios, a division that's taking so much money from the company, is still around, but the magazine division that isn't even profitable anymore is 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 getting shut down. Well, okay, that makes sense. From what I heard, the magazine thing, it was losing money, but it was not hemorrhaging money like the WWE Studios were. Oh, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. You know... Because, because um, you know, with WWE Studios, their movies aren't, like, made on the cheap. No, no, no. They, they actually, they put a lot of effort and, and budget into it, and I think that's kind of dumb, because, honestly, why are you wasting so much fucking money on See No Evil 2? Yep. Like, no one fucking wanted to see a sequel to that, and you got, and they promoted this shit at Comic-Con and all this other crap, and I'm like, you're going through to... So much trouble to promote shit that isn't isn't gonna make its money back. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm sorry. I mean, I I know I'm not usually this like ranty, but this just pisses me the fuck off because you know WWE is like okay, I understand you need to cut you know you need to cut on the budget. Just get rid of WWE Studios because that's taking a lot of money from your you know from your product. Yeah, it's taking a lot of money from the lucrative pool. That's the thing. It's like said about this uh, about um, about WWE, um, WWE networking and the whole thing. It works with money and finances and Wall Street and stuff like that. Before on this podcast and another on another podcast, I said this before. I say this again that WWE, WWE are hemorrhaging money. They're losing money because of certain certain choice decisions and makes that are being made by them. And I said this to you on the podcast, even off the podcast, when WWE is eventually going to have to shut down one of their their big products. And my bet was going to be WWE Studios, but no, they shut down WWE Magazine, which was, I wouldn't say it was financially accessible, but it, I never heard anything bad about it money wise, to be honest. And it's a part, and it's a part of your uh, part of the whole thing. I mean, it's part of the whole package because the magazine's been around since the 80s. Yeah. So, you know, they're familiar. People who are fans of WWE are familiar with the magazine. Yeah. Maybe they might go to a more digital device to keep keep the digital side going, but I doubt that that's going to be the case. I highly doubt that because that would make too much sense. Yeah, this is WWE we're talking about. They make some. <laughs> Again, why WWE smart in some places? This is one of their financial decisions that I would reckon it's not. It's, in the long run, I think they shut down WWE Magazine because they wanted to keep um, the stockbrokers happy on Wall Street, personally. 
Yeah, because that's the problem with it, with WWE being a publicly traded company now is like they need they have all these partners and all these investors and they got to keep them all happy. Yeah. This is what made me laugh is that at the time when they came private, they didn't need needed to go private. That was the whole thing that made me laugh about it. But ever since they've gone private, I think it's uh, done a lot worse for them than it did good for them. Yeah, I mean. I mean, okay, they still make money. They they still have a large fan base. They actually sell. And, and, they actually sell out arenas. Yeah, and and good for and good for them. But honestly, it's not looking good for them mm-hmm. right now because they're they're having like financial troubles, and this is the first time I've seen them having t- financial troubles in quite a while now. Yeah, because it's gotten so bad that they're firing like developmental guys. Mm-hmm. So. That should tell you something. They're firing de- developmental guys. They fired Ricardo Rodriguez, which honestly, I, you know, no, no big loss for me. I'm <laughs> it was a fucking waste anyway. Yeah. And uh, and they fired like a bunch of other guys we talked about a couple months ago. And it's just gotten crazy. And I wouldn't be shocked if like the rumors were true about morale being down within the locker room. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't be surprised. That's the thing because they, they, I think with I think most of this financial problem came because of WWE Network. To be honest, and it started off well, but it didn't meet its expectations, and now because of it, it's hemorrhaging money. Like in the short term, it did well, but in the long term, it didn't do well. The reason why it did not done it has not done well up to this point now, and I'm going to emphasize this because. Um, is that they didn't go global straight away with the network. They would have made a killing if it was worldwide. Yeah, and only just now, like going back to our, and segueing into our next topic, they just now announced that WWE Network is going to go global on the uh, on August 12th. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, slam. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, you could have done this shit since the beginning. Yeah, because I I said this before, no one owns the all the footage but WWE it's so they don't have to worry about paying uh, paying other people for it's, the footage they're still promoting that's the, yeah. that's the crazy thing about it they're basically making off all the money off it the, I think the only thing they have to pay for is basically the maintenance of, of the network itself so you just need to hire a couple IT people engineer people and all sorts to just run the, the digital side of it apart from that nothing much yeah, it's it's crazy. It's really really mad how this has happened. And um, it's funny you said it's coming out the fifteenth of August because SummerSlam's like a couple three days before that. So or, uh, it's on it's on the twelfth, not the fifteenth. Oh, twelfth. What well, SummerSlam? Yeah. Uh, no, the the network launch. So wait 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 wait. wait. Um, so the network? No, no, I'm saying that SummerSlam's out on the seventeenth, and they're oh, okay. releasing the network thing on the fifteenth. Oh, okay. So, I'm all going to say, if you're going to watch any WWE product, SmackDown, Raw, NXT, whatever, expect to see a lot, and I mean a lot of advertising for WWE Network coming up. I mean, they already did that on Raw, and I thought that was kind of dumb, because you know they're in trouble when they constantly have to plug in the network every five seconds, and I'm thinking to myself, I would love to subscribe to your network, but I can't because I'm not in the US, so... You know, it's it's 
it's just a dumb business decision. Yeah. And, and like I said, okay, yeah, I'm going to be using it for the wrong reasons, which is to watch old pay-per-views, but so what? Is, you know, that, you get your money is, is, at the end of the day. Isn't that part of the whole enjoyment of the WWE Network? You can actually go back and watch all this old stuff? Yeah. <laughs> the thing is that it'd be good because I get to go, watch, go back and watch when WCW was good. I get to go back and watch when WCW was very bad. I get to watch some stuff from ECW as well. So that's all was fun. Yeah, I mean, again, because I'm, I'm going to be using it to watch WCW stuff because, again, their pay-per-views are so fucking terrible. There's just a lot of enjoyment I get out of them. What do you mean Roddy Piper biting Hulk Hogan's ass? <laughs> Or having, like, Kevin Nash and Goldberg's streak. That was fucking terrible. Or the finger poke of doom. <laughs> or um, the um, exploding bomb that went off in Hogan's face. <laughs> that still makes me laugh. Still to this day, for, for a long, long time, they played Old Warrior for that. And I think to myself, well, wasn't it Hogan that the one that had to hold the lighter and the fluid that was supposed to aim the fire? Yeah, I know, because... Because for those that know me, know that every Halloween I make it a tradition to find that match and watch it yeah. in its entirety. Because it's such a horrible fucking match. Yeah, like it was. There was no, there was no wrestling. Most of the match was them locking, locking up, and and the ending was just the worst fucking ending ever. It was because it up. Yeah. And the only reason why I think they hired Ultimate Warrior because they wanted Hogan to get a win over Ultimate Warrior because of um, WrestleMania. That's the only reason why I think they ever did that. It was it was just terrible, and the ending was botched. And I love I love the commentary because they're trying to say the the commentators are trying to save face because <laughs> they they know that it, it got, the ending's cocked up. It was it was hilarious, and then they got like Hogan's cousin or somebody turning heel and joining Bischoff. It was it was horrendously bad. Yeah, it was not good. But yeah, um, WWE Network coming to other markets now, so it's coming from outside the states. And is it in Canada or is it going to Canada? I don't know. I I I think it is in Canada. I don't know. Yeah. I I, so, I can't be sure. So again. They're going to make a killing on the European market, the UK market, and the Japan market if they actually get them out to those places. Especially here, like in the Middle East, yeah. where uh, wrestling has become popular again, and I, I kind of see more people talking about it and wearing shirts and you know discussing it a lot more now than they did in previous years. So you know, I mean, there's markets out there. Just WWE didn't haven't capitalized on on it. Uh, yeah. That would have been the perfect time to capitalize it and was WrestleMania globally, but you know they only did it domestically. And and then that's the problem, I think, because they have so much footage and I like the idea of, of being able to go at any time and open up my computer and watch old wrestling matches at any time I want and all it's costing me is like ten bucks a month. Yeah, that's I think that's I think I think that's a great deal. Yeah, Honestly. well, that would mean it's just like you've got a huge DVD library, and it's just not WWE stuff. We're talking about stuff from the AWA, WCW, um, ECW, even stuff really older than that, dating way, way back. Like Jim Crockett Productions is another one, which they have matches up on there, I've been told. Oh, even like the old WCW before Nitro. Oh, yeah. So, you know, back when it was like a normal yeah, Southern yeah, Jim, Southern uh, production. Yeah, Jim Croppett Productions. 
Yeah. And even ECW before it was no extreme championship wrestling, when it was known as Eastern Championship Wrestling. And even they promote, even on WWE, the, you know, their website, they promote like, okay, if you if you want to go back to, to that hardcore stuff, subscribe to the WWE Network because yeah. you get all that shit uncut, all the bleeding, all the stuff. You get that. Mm-hmm. And I think that, I think that's a great deal. Oh, yeah. But I, I think their problem was they should have made it global from, from the start. And they and they could have, but they didn't. Yeah, I think they, because they because they got cold feet and wanted to test it out first. And I understand that, but you know, you're a you're a, a multi million dollar company. You know, just just take 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 the chance. Yeah, I think the other thing which I think was um, surprising about it as well is that um, with WWE Network as well, if you don't want to watch the matches. They got their own shows there as well, which is surprisingly and. Um, so far, they got on their network at the moment. They got uh, Legends House, which is yeah, so that does okay. It's good for a laugh. And then you got like WrestleMania Rewind. Um, you, they finally started up WWE versus WCW in the Monday Night Wars finally. And I've been told I read the first review about that, and they said it's really good. Yeah, I mean all the DVD, all the DVD documentaries that they release yeah. on DVD are up there. Um, yeah. They have all the countdown stuff as well, like like because you know on their website when they have like the top ten sort of stuff, they actually make the actual videos on those and actually put them on the website and WrestleMania Rewind where you look at certain moments or certain matches and actually get people who are in part of those those things, either like a referee, wrestler, commentator, they actually talk about it and show the clips and stuff like that. Yeah, and then they get new footage of people, yeah, you know. Talking. Yeah, interviewing them, and it's it's really good. So again, they missed out on having this network be big when when it was released because it came out like what April? It came out like a fortnight before WrestleMania, I believe. Oh, okay. So it 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 WrestleMania thirty because what? Yeah, yeah, around April time. Yeah, because what they did. Um, because they tested it out with their first ever pay-per-view, and that was w- um, NXT Rival. Oh, yeah, and, and there you can watch NXT on there, yeah. I forgot. Yeah, NXT, yeah, that was another one. It has a fantastic lineup in there. It's really, really good. It's worth yeah, the money. I mean, even, yeah, again, I'm not one who subscribes to subscriptions because I think they're fucking stupid, but honestly, even I'm like... I'll pay money for this yeah. because I I'm a huge wrestling fan and I and, and the idea that you're telling me that I can op- open up my phone or computer or whatever and watch any match I want anytime yeah. I want that's great yeah literally because the best thing about it it's essentially like Netflix like you can watch it on mobile devices video game consoles um, television smart TV mobile phones and smartphones and iPads and stuff like that you can watch it anywhere on the go it's, it's yeah. brilliant. Again, a smart idea WWE had. Execution-wise, it works, but marketing, bollocks. Because <laughs> again, like they they marketed it only in the U.S. and in the U.S., wrestling isn't that popular anymore. I mean, it's gotten a resurgence, a little bit of a resurgence, but not by much. No, it's just like again, because the only reason why it got a bit of a surge is because John Cena's still around. That's the let's be honest about that. John Cena was I mean, oh yeah, okay, Cena, and, and again, even the Punk thing yeah, a CM couple Punk, years ago yeah. that 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 got people talking. 
Daniel Bryan recently, like, a lot of people started, you know, people who didn't watch wrestling knew who the fuck he was yeah. because, you know, the whole yeah, yes chance. Yeah, well, I mean, Daniel Bryan's out of action. CM Punk's bugger off. If John Cena's gone, I think that's basically WWE's going to be a more financial stick. Uh, they're already in trouble because... It's... Oh, there have been rumors about him leaving, going off to Hollywood. They're already in trouble because they're supposed to be promoting this fucking... Here's how bad Raw was, by the way. They have this... Their main event is John Cena versus Brock Lesnar. And what did they do for build-up? None of the... Both Cena and Lesnar weren't on the, weren't on the show because there was, they were busy doing fuck-all else elsewhere. And what did they do? Show us a package. So show us a video package of, 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 the, of the feud... Yeah, John Cena's currently at the moment off to promote. Well, he's filming his filming scene, and that's what I mean. Like, there's rumors going around he's going to leave. He might leave for Hollywood. Um, and then Brock Lesnar, to be honest, is there again. Really don't care for the bloke. Really don't see what the whole hype factor is about him personally. I will admit he, he is a tremendous wrestler, and he was good in M- MNC. But he's a shell of his older self. That's that's the thing with Brock Lesnar. I feel. Yeah, I I I mean I. Here's the thing: 2002, 2003 to 2004, Brock Lesnar. That dude was fucking awesome. Yeah. That dude was badass. He had everything going for him. He had fantastic matches with Angle, Hogan, Orton. You Undertaker. name it. Yeah, you name it. And now you've seen... Because, again, I, I understand. He's gotten older. He can't perform as well as he has. And let's be honest. He spent most of his later life learning the UFC style. And when you learn that, you kind of forget all you know about the the previous stuff. Oh, yeah. Not to mention he, the various health problems that occurred during his during his uh, time in UFC. Yeah. So, again, I understand. You get older, you can't perform yeah. as as well as you used oh. to. But I, I, but the thing that bugs me about him is his ego. Yeah. That's the one thing that I fucking hate. Yeah, it's getting even... Uh, even when they interview Paul Heyman, they say they say he got a bit of an ego sort of thing, but he, 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 try, he tries to defend it, saying that he deserves to have it. I went, well, in some respect, he does. But still, at the same time, no offense. He's just coming off as a dick. Yeah, he really is. Like he, that his contract is the most bullshit thing oh, ever. Oh, basically, you mean he can work near any day he wants. He only has to do a certain amount of days. Then he only has to turn up to some pay per views. He also gets Paul Heyman to speak for him constantly now. He barely ever does his own talking. They did a video package with him recently. I think that's probably the first time he's done any of his own fucking promo stick since since Extreme Rules. Since he turned since up since 2012. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, yeah, yeah, funny about that. Um, they did an interview with Paul Heyman. He had complete concrete control over that block. So he said what he wanted. They said it was no no script. It was completely unscripted. Wow. <laughs> And after watching that promo, I'm like, hmm, that does explain a lot. <laughs> the WWE writing team may, may be a team of monkey on typewriters, but at least they can actually get a story across. Not like Brock Lesnar when he's like, his first ever promo, he's like, if I was still in the company, John Cena would be carrying my bags into the lobby. Yeah, sure, buddy. Sure. 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 <laughs> oh, my God. He was, I don't know. I, again, I don't like Brock Lesnar. I don't think he's... 
the hype factor WWE made him out to be. He is an intimidating figure, though, and he is he is good to have around because he he does bring in he does bring in certain crowds. But I just don't think he's that all that, you know. I just think that his contract is horseshit. That the fact that there are guys busting their asses day in and day out, showing up to every Raw SmackDown and NXT taping, and this guy's sitting at home drinking his beer, waiting for them to call him. That's the and maybe he'll show up. That annoys me a lot. <laughs> and maybe he'll show up if he feels like it. Yeah. Again, the reason why I have more, I had more respect for The Rock when he was doing the part-time stuff. Chris Jericho, Batista, Rob Van Dam. You know, just saying. Just, it's it's dumb. And, and the only good thing that came out of Lesnar's return was Heyman coming back. Oh, yeah. That was it. That was it. Mm-hmm. Like, it... I, I don't know. I, I'm not a fan of the decisions that they're making. And again, you, you want a you waste of money? Brock Lesnar's contract. There you go. Yeah, but, that, that you know, it's not going to let him go. But yeah, um, we got anything else to say about Brock Lesnar? Go on, I'm getting tired of speaking about the dick. Uh <laughs> Just just move on to SummerSlam and yeah. just like give our predictions on the cards. Um, so Dean Ambrose versus Steph Rollins is a lumberjack match. Oh joy! Um, I'm actually <laughs> quite happy that it's a new stipulation match. Like it's a lumberjack match. At least they've been trying to be inventive with it. I think Steph Rollins is good. Um, I think Steph Rollins is going to win only because Dean Ambrose is going to get screwed over somehow by the lumberjacks. Because knowing WWE, they're probably going to get a bunch of lumberjacks who are basically who they basically say they pay off. <laughs> it would be funny if all the lumberjacks were NXT guys. That'd be hilarious. That'd be kind of funny. I, I wouldn't mind. <laughs> I wouldn't mind that. It, it gives some of the NXT people to do, you know. Because <laughs> let's be honest, the roster is kind of shitty right now. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, you're either injured. Or you're off doing the film. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Then we got The Miz versus Dolph Ziggler for the WWE in the Continental Championship. I want Dolph Ziggler to win, but we all know who's going to win. I I want this match to last long because, like I said, you give these guys... Uh, you give these guys a normal match. No stupid gimmicks. No fucking dumb shit. And they will tear the house oh, down. Oh, yeah. They had a really good match on Raw the fortnight ago. Yeah. Yeah. And also, they had some great chemistry. The thing is, funny enough, the Miz had good chemistry with Dolph Ziggler. So, you know, it's a, it's a good match. It's going to be a good match, hopefully. Yeah, just, just, just get rid of the fucking stupid gimmicks, make this about the Intercontinental title, yeah. and have it, have the, have the match mean something, please. Yeah. That's all I ask. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we got Randy Orton versus Steph Rollins. Uh, no, not Seth, Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns, my bad. Uh, I do not know how to feel about this one because um, have you heard about the backstage gossip about it? Oh, now what? Pretty sure it's something to do with Orton not wanting to put Reigns over or something. You pretty much hit the nail on the head. (laughs) It's like, Vince, I don't want to put this guy over. He hasn't done much. (laughs) God. God damn it, Randy. Are Are we seriously doing this shit again? It's not like it's for a belt or anything. Um, well, it's a single competition match, so, you know. 
But again, this is Randy Orton being Randy Orton. He doesn't like putting people over, apparently, because I am the Viper, Randy Orton. <laughs> I speak in a monotone voice. You know, I mean, I, I know a lot of people give Cena a lot of shit for not wanting to put people over, but look at Orton. Oh, Orton is just the biggest cunt ever. Again, I think Kane has put him more over in matches than Randy Orton have. It would make more <laughs> sense if Kane had a match with Roman Reigns at this point than Randy Orton. Because Randy Orton, he's he has this mortality, like he's, he's, the best way to describe it, he's like a young Shawn Michaels, like if he doesn't like something, he's going to try to fuck it up in some sort of way. Oh, I don't, I, because look, I'm, I understand what WWE's trying to do with Roman Reigns, but if Orton just becomes a dickbag and doesn't want to perform with him, then it, that guy's push is killed, all his momentum is dead. And to be fair, he's one of, one of the top baby guys that needs, need, needs this push to be honest, because he's good. Him, every, every one of those members of the Shield, they're good. And they need those top spots for those and guys. A, and, again, and again, he reminds me a lot of a young Batista. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Back when, he, back when Batista was the up-and-comer, and it was kind of ironic because even they had a match on Raw, and it kind of felt like the old versus new version of Batista, which, you know, makes a lot of yeah. sense. If they can do a repeat storyline, but instead make Randy Orton to the Triple H sort of character, you know, like um, with Roman Reigns, this could work. But they're not—they're not been doing that. It just—I mean, it just came out of nowhere because, like, out of nowhere, these guys have have beef. Even though, like, a couple months ago, they were—they barely knew, they barely acknowledged each other. Yeah, the only argument you could put towards it is probably them saying, oh, they gain beef because they're through with the S.H.I.E.L.D. and Evolution. That's the only argument that WWE has with it. And even then, how long was that? There was two pay-per-views of a, of a feud in a team? And, or- and Orton was just there. Orton and Batista were just there. Hunter was doing most of the promos. Yeah, he, so, you know. <laughs> he was doing most of the promo. He was doing most of the speaking. Oh, my God. It was Again, why good matches? Oh god, the um, if that, that was that felt awkward. Awkward them doing it. I don't know why. Well, I, I think the worst thing. I think the worst thing about those matches was, was Batista because he just looked tired and older and just did not give a shit. I think Batista is um, isn't wasn't bad bad performing. He just wasn't up to the expectation that he wanted him to be when he came back. You know, he looked older, tired, like he couldn't. He couldn't be bothered, well, the, quite the, the honestly. Is, why Why would the hell did he grow a beard? I don't know. No, he just looked stupid. No, those blue armband things as well. Blue Batista? <laughs> blue Tista. Blue <laughs> But yeah, um, I really have nothing else to say about Randy Orton versus Roman Reigns. Um, I mean, I don't know why this is even on the card. This could have easily been like a Raw match, and I can guarantee to you that after SummerSlam they're going to have a rematch on Raw. Uh, I can uh, guarantee uh, to you. Or they're going to have a, or they're going to have a rematch on the following pay per view. And speaking of rematches, Bray Wyatt versus Chris Jericho. Oh yeah, um, this is um, this is going to be interesting. Luke Harper and Eric Rollins is banned from ringside. Which I don't know why why Chris Jericho even has to ban them because he beat Wyatt the first time. Makes no sense, made, but okay. To be honest, it would make more sense if they up, up the ante a little bit. Maybe, you know, make it no disqualification match or something, you know? Because I watched their Battleground match and it was kind of shitty. I wouldn't say it was bad. 
I thought it was good. To be fair, that was only the only that was only one of the only good matches on that card, apart from the uh, apart from the Usos versus the Wyatts. To be honest. Yeah, I because again I watched the Usos match first and that was amazing That's, and then that they, they blew that, they, like ugh. they blew their whole on that pay per view they blew their whole load on the opening match with the tag team um, two to three falls match yeah <laughs> quite badly um, yeah I'm looking forward to this match again because again Riot performed well with Jericho I just I don't know why it's not a single match. They, they they really, really should have put a stipulation on this match. Like, make it a no DQ, a street fight match or something, you know? I mean, even when he was shooting with Cena, they had, like, a false count, uh, uh, a last man standing match and a steel cage match. So I don't know why they're doing, like, two back-to-back single matches with, with him and Jericho. Oh, I don't know. They, they do some stupid stuff sometimes, but... I mean, again, I hate gimmick matches, but... They kind of need gimmick matches for this feud because the promo work, while be while good, doesn't really help the case. No, no, I mean the promo work being good, really good. I said Bray Wyatt did a very good, done good promo. I think Chris Jericho's done really, has always done really good promos. Um, and it's just you know, you just need to up the ante. You you need to make this. Yeah, it just kind of it just kind of feels weird that Chris Jericho's like go ban these two guys, and I'm like you beat Wyatt once. Why are you afraid of him now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or at least I don't know. You say, "Oh, let's let's make it an extreme rules match, a hardcore match, each street." I know I keep saying it, but you know, something like even a tables match. I mean, it's SummerSlam. Come on, I mean, just something. Yeah. Please say, make it a table match. You <laughs> <laughs> said you guarantee someone's going to get put through a table, <laughs> and then the Spanish announce table get broken for no reason again. Ah. Uh... Poor Spanish announced team. <laughs> um, so yeah, what else have we got on the card? Um, we got AJ Lee versus Paige. Uh, I I even forgot this feud was going because oh, they did a, you know they did a stupid segment <laughs> on SmackDown. What was it? Um, AJ Lee got carried out on a stretcher. Quote <laughs> saying. She was injured, and I'm thinking to myself, no, it's obvious why she's doing this because she wants. She she's pretty much saying, oh, my um my quit of a boyfriend um wants to do something nice for me, so can I have the time off, please? That's pretty much what what's happened there. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of AJ's recent run. I think that I understand what they did with the title switch, but again, I kind of think that kind of killed momentum of every, any any page momentum she had going for her. I think it was a bit annoying that they're doing this whole thing at the moment with her. It's just like people not knowing that she's with CM Punk, they are not letting that go. It's getting so annoying now. And I think, yeah, I, think it's I, was, just, I I am seriously I am seriously getting tired of those CM Punk chants. It's been a year. It's close to a year. It's almost fall. He's contract. He le- he left in January. His contract is up at SummerSlam. <laughs> it's been up for a month now. He didn't resign. He's gone. He's said multiple times he's never coming back to wrestling. Just fucking deal with it. Yeah, but you know, AJ, this is the problem with AJ at the moment. It's pretty much her career is going to be on a halt constantly now while she's there. Just like Lita's, towards the end of Lita's career, was because of that whole thing with Edge. Oh, that was just she couldn't go anywhere, 
anywhere without people saying you screw Matt or her getting reminded at continuity. That's the reason I think that was one of the developing reason why she left in the end. To be honest. And then, yeah, and, and, was, and then, I, I think it. I think it didn't help that they made it a storyline. Yeah, but that was just disgusting of them. Yeah, and it just it just went on and on and on. And funny enough, now Lita's been back a few times. Everyone's forgotten about it, and no one ever brings it up again. I mean, yeah, because everyone moved on. Yeah. And they everyone's older now, and okay, fine, but. I really don't want to wait until like Punk's like forty until he realizes, you know, oh, you know, maybe I was just kind of a douche back when I was, you know, thirty six years old and left and, yeah, whatever. Uh, like it just, I feel sorry for her because again, I understand everyone wants to have a life, and I'm not gonna tell you how to live it, but come on, you got to put your career first. I'm sorry, that's how that's how it goes. Yeah. I don't know. I've, I've... She's done well for herself, AJ, and um, she's done well for her career. And Paige's been doing well as well. It's like it's again this the diva. It's it's the it's the match I want to see, but it's just not getting build up. And well, I I just well speaking of build up, I think I think I know why this is the reason because we get two diva matches this SummerSlam. <sighs> We're gonna have to talk about it eventually. Okay. Fair warning to everyone listening to this. I'm about to be really fucking pissed off, and I apologize if I call anyone out or say something uh, horrendous uh, or sexist uh, or or anything like that. And also, we would like to apologize for this podcast going on an extra half an hour than it's supposed to in advance. Because <laughs> I got a lot to say about this, so I'm so, sorry. Brie Bella versus Stephanie McMahon. Oh boy. So... They've been building this up for quite a while now, and they've been building this up for a long, long time. And all this started because Brie Bella got fired by Stephanie McMahon, and then Stephanie's in-storyline character being a complete and utter bitch to Nikki Bella, and Brie Bella's had enough of it. They've been instant on Raw when Stephanie got arrested in-storyline. By the way, great-looking police officers, by the way, you got Dan arresting her. Um, who are NXT guys, most likely, all local actors of that region. Um, so they fired, um, they rehired her, and now they're doing this whole thing when they're saying that, oh no, watch out, Stephanie is dangerous in the ring. Oh no, she's going to get back in the ring. Da-da-da-da-da. And I'm like, really? She was shit when she was in the ring when she won the Divas Championship, the, the Women's Championship. Oh, you, you know, I, I'm i pissed off about this because not one Raw, but two Raws, we've had this being the closing segment. Why is this being the closing segment? And, and they're wondering why they're getting rating drops. Like they say, oh, we're going to bring B. Brie Bella? No, we can't blame Brie Bella. Why not? Otherwise, we're going to have to blame Stephanie McMahon as well. Like... Okay, I give Triple H a lot of shit for wanting to be in the spotlight, but compared to his wife, Christ, Christ, this is just too much. Like out of nowhere, she comes back. I mean, okay, fine. I was, I had no problem with her being in a in a in a in a managerial role or a general manager role. That's fine. But now all of a sudden, she's like, ah, you know, I'm I'm the boss, and I want to have a match with you, and. Becoming the female Vince, and I'm kind of like, I don't like this. I think this is just disgustingly stupid and a waste of time. And it's just, why is this closing segment? 
like you have a match between Brock Lesnar and John Cena, and that and that's like now fuck that you know people paid to see Nick, uh, Nikki Bella and Brie Bella feud with Stephanie McMahon. Again, uh, why is this a thing? That's the thing that annoys the hell out of me on this. Is I mean, okay, wrestling angles annoy me, but this makes me fucking pissed off. Yeah. This legit makes me pissed off because it's a waste of time. It doesn't need to be on the card. Again, this this match could have gone to two wrestlers who probably deserved it. And better yet, it could have gone to the tag team titles slot. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, Luke Harper and uh, and and that other guy and and the Usos they tear the house down at the previous pay per view and what do they get? Nothing. They're not even Fuck. on the pre show. Yeah, yeah. Fuck them. They don't matter. Fucking Stephanie matters. Bullshit. Bullshit. Hey, this match sort of represents what's wrong with WWE at the moment. They're basically giving us products that no one wants to see, and it's just like, again, I don't mind Brie Bella. I, she kind of, her and Nikki kind of grow grown on me over, I'd say, over the good year. But and but a half. at the but same time, still, it's like I don't, ooh. I don't want this entire thing is just one big jerk fest of Stephanie. Yeah, like it's her just glow in the spotlight constantly and the fact that two Raws two Raws had the closing segment being a Stephanie McMahon segment who do you think idea was this exactly do you think this was one of Vince's idea or you, would you say this is Triple H's or Stephanie put the idea forward I'm guessing I'm, I'm guessing Stephanie because like my god it has a fingerprint all over it yeah yeah my, my god she She's cutting so much promos constantly, cutting more promos than Hunter, more promos than Vince, just like saying, this is my show. We had, they, she had a fucking segment of Vicky Guerrero that had nothing to do with anything a couple while ago. Yeah, but well, again, that was a send-off to Vicky Guerrero, that's the reason why that happened, but it's still at the same time, it was like, okay, we get it, you're a bitch, well done. Just... Stupid. This is just this legit make, pisses me off. I mean, a lot of people are like, "Oh, you know, Cena's always in the spotlight." No, Cena's not the problem. This is the problem. The fact that they're telling me to to give a shit about a non wrestler, someone who hasn't wrestled in like what? Two thousand and two. No, no, two thousand two thousand and three. Yeah. And and and, and, so, and suddenly I'm expected to give a shit. <laughs> no, it doesn't work that way. I'm sorry. It's just some of the choice making that's already done with this match. It's just like, okay, you're getting these two wrestling, I know, but anything gonna come out of it? No. It, I would gave a shit if they made it a tag team match instead. At least then you could put in two good male wrestlers with them, you know. Or at least a handicap match. Yeah, that could be. You, you bring up you bring up Bree a lot, and Bree doesn't do jack shit in this feud. You would think that with her being rehired, she would, you know, want to be in a match, but... Oh, well. She has not wrestled a match since the quote-unquote rehiring her. Again, logic. <laughs> but, oh, we can't have them wrestle. We can't have the Bellas cut a decent promo. No, it has to revolve all around Stephanie. Just... It's, it's getting the McMahon syndrome. It's like, they have to be the tension of attention in the whole thing. And it's just like... This is just a, just a time and a place when you just think to yourself, this was not... It, I think the more bigger problem is that the fact it's SummerSlam, and SummerSlam arguably is either Raw's second biggest pay-per-view next to Raw, um, next to Royal Rumble, to be honest. It's it's their WrestleMania. It's their summer WrestleMania. Yeah. 
they put a lot of effort into it, and it's like the second biggest pay-per-view in the company, and what does it get? Nothing. Like, nothing of importance. Oh, sure, you got good matches on the card, but the fact that this thing has been promoted more than any of those other matches just insults me. Mm-hmm. Just insults me. You have The Miz versus Dolph Ziggler, a good feud that could have been promoted over this. You have uh, Jericho versus Wyatt, could have been promoted better than this. You have Paige versus AJ Lee, two of the finest workers in this company, and they get jack shit. Yeah, even Roman Reigns and Randy Orton could turn out to be a surprisingly good match if Randy Orton take his finger out of his asshole. Yeah, I mean, it just... Egos. Yeah. This is my problem with the wrestling business. Egos. They think they're so good, yeah. and it's like, you know, uh, I'm the shit, you paid to see me, and yeah. I just yeah. hate Stephanie McMahon. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to see her on, on TV. I really don't. I, I don't. I've got one match that could be really good as well. Dean Ambrose versus Steph Rollins, another good match. You know? This is not a bad card. When you look at it, it is a good pay-per-view card. Yeah. But it's just, it's mind-blowing, because... You just look at it, and you're just like, okay, why is this here? Why is that happening? What's going on? I I, I have no words for how stupid this fucking thing is. It's just insulting. I think this is going to be on the level of uh, Michael Cole versus um, Jerry the King Long with standards for a match. Oh, 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 yeah, and that was nice, wasn't it? Having Michael Cole come out and make a, make a joke about Jerry Lawler's dead mom. Yeah, that's that's great entertainment yeah. right there. And yeah. then still WWE screw Jerry Law over a WrestleMania win, basically saying he got disqualified. Who? Why was that even a decision? Basically, you you could at least like let him have his WrestleMania win. Nope. Just, I mean, and that's what pisses me off: the fact that this is on SummerSlam of all things. Just makes me pissed off. Mm-hmm. The fact that they think that this match is SummerSlam worthy, that people are going to pay money to see this, it just in, is insulting. Really is. Mm-hmm. I, re- I really have nothing else to say about this match. I think. I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. I, I, you know, I, I jokingly talk about other stupid angles, but I'm really... I, this legit pisses me off. Yeah. Legit. No joke. So let's step away from this now because I think we've pretty much bent it or aggro with this. Yeah, yeah. This stupid match. Moving on. So on to the main event. John Cena versus Brock Lesnar for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, I don't know where they're going to go with this one, to be quite honest. I can't. I, I really can't care because both of these guys haven't cut a promo against each other or have a, had a conversation on any Raw leading up to SummerSlam, so why should I fucking care? Yep, considering that it's going to be the last Raw. Next week it's going to be the last Raw, isn't it? Until the actual pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah, and 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 that's gonna take up some time because Hogan's gonna be there, and it's gonna be his birthday. So again, <laughs> that, expect that to take up an hour of the show. Yeah, and it's just you have this good match, you have this rematch that a lot of people wanted to see since 2012, and they save it up for SummerSlam, and I'm like, okay, this this is a good main event, you know, it's gonna be a great match, but where the fuck are the promos? Where are the promos? Where are where are where's John Cena and where's Lesnar? 
so yeah. far they've only showed up on random Raws and they Not barely that. said anything ab- about each Again, other. Again, when Brock Lesnar came out and ended the show with Paul Heyman speaking about Brock Lesnar, I thought, okay, John Cena's going to come out. Nope. Not even John Cena came out to either cut a promo or get in a confrontation with them. They had, there'd been no confrontations. They have paired on random rules, then did talk about the situation, but that's it. They've just been, all they've been just been video packages. This has been more worse than when, when they did the build up to Rock versus John Cena 2. Oh, God. And the build up of that was <laughs> not good. And the build, I will give credit to that, that, that build up. They actually got in the ring and actually talked talked off smack against each other at least more than once. I mean, the first build up made sense because they, you know, Rock came back and he picked a fight with Cena. Yeah, the, and it, and it went on for a couple of weeks, and then it, and then it's like, okay, you want a match? You got a match. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. But this is just garbage. I mean, how am I supposed to care about these the main event when two guys can't be bothered to show up on Raw to cut a promo? Yep. It's. Yeah. I mean, a great booking, by the way. Great fucking booking. And you couldn't have, like, gone to Cena and said, "Hey, you know, I know you're busy filming a movie, but can you like record a, a you know, a promo or something? You know, just live via satellite or any of that bullshit. Just give me some confrontation, because it's hard to give a shit about these two guys when they've barely had any confrontation. Yeah. F- fucking hell! It, and I I don't even want to imagine what's going to happen when Lesnar wins the belt. I don't He's know what not... the fuck they're going to do with him. Oh well, I saw um, I listened to this back a while ago. I know it's back quite a while ago now. When they did a um, they interview um, Steve Austin interviewed Paul Heyman on his podcast, and he did ask Paul Heyman, would Brock Lesnar do a full-time contract? And Paul Heyman just said no, said outright no, he would never do that. So, that's going to be very, very awkward. At least The Rock turned up now and again with the WWE Championship on SmackDown and Rules, by the way. Which, which Keep in mind, how many SmackDown appearances Brock Lesnar's done? <laughs> Jack and shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> At least The Rock turned up on, on SmackDown now and again and you can guarantee he was going to turn up on Raw, or at least record something for that Raw. It was just this, on the other hand, is just not good. I mean, I'm pretty sure the match is going to be great because I want to because these guys have worked well before, but the build-up has been terrible. Yeah, it's it's a single match. I've already seen them in an extreme rule match. Why would I? Go, why do I want to yeah. see them in a single match? And, and again, just make it a no holds barred or steel cage or last man standing or something. I wouldn't mind it be a, a steel cage, uh, steel cage match. Yeah, that would be just impressive. something. Just something. It's like the problem I had with like SummerSlam 2012, where the main event was Triple H versus Brock Lesnar, and that match was fucking awful. It was slow. It was boring. And it ended on a, like a fucking ugh. So yeah, that's oh god. It's again, we know that's going to be the main event, but oh my god, this this SummerSlam's going to be a very mixed bag, very mixed. 
Yeah, pr- pretty much. I mean, it, it, the card looks great on on paper, but when you look real closely and and realize that there isn't much build up to these matches, you kind of see where the problem is with WWE's booking. Mm-hmm. And also their their writers and their decision making in some some areas as well. It really really does it really does show at the moment, and it's just like WWE need needs to sort some of this stuff out. And I just again the product's not. Uh, terrible. It's like it's not the standards of WCW was back in the day, or even not even the standards of TNA of now. But oh god, it's it's not good. It's 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 a uh, it's a chore to yeah. sit through. And again, a lot of people go to SummerSlam are the smart are smart marks. That's the thing. Yeah, a lot of smart wrestling fans go into to these big pay per views. You know, so. You 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 ain't you ain't gonna pull the war over, over their eyes on, on on some of this shit. I mean, again, because you know Lesnar's gonna win, and then what? Like he can't be bothered to show up on decent Raws, so I don't know. Yeah, like what are you gonna do? You gonna step forward and come out and cash in his briefcase? Yeah, that's what I'm or I I swear to God, if they if they do a bullshit ending where it ends in a draw or something like that, I'm gonna be fucking pissed. Oh, well, we're we gonna get a third match for him now. Just. <laughs> just it it it's at that point where I'm again I knew it was coming I knew that Lesnar was going to challenge for that belt sooner or later but I just want it to be one match please I don't want to see any more of him please yeah I, I, I can't stand Lesnar having like two or three rematches for the belt and well you mean you mean the whole entire year of Lesnar versus Triple H Oh God! I don't want to know one of those personally. Because Triple H is like, you know, Lesnar's a big guy, and I want him, I want to be the main guy to take him on. Ugh. I don't know. It's again. Yeah, I'll, I'll wait until the match is coming. Again, it might it might surprise me. It might be a good match. I know it's I know it's going to be good because these guys worked well together before. I were, they worked hell of a lot better than any of Lesnar's matches yeah. with Triple H. Oh, I'll remember, tell you that right now. Again. Do you remember their really, really first match they had against each other and Backlash? Oh, that was a great match. Yeah, they work well with each other, even back then and now. They they work well with each other. Just I, I'm skeptical, is what I'm trying to say about the SummerSlam. Yeah. Again, that's pretty much the pay per view card. Have we left anything out? Because I have a feeling we do. We have left something out. Uh, what? I don't. I don't. Um, I, don't, I'm to... I don't think so. Oh shit! I forgot. I just remembered it. What? Jack Swagger versus Rusev. Don't care. <laughs> don't care. So let's just move on. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much to say. So is that our WWE section, or do we have any more WWE news? Yeah, we're, we're done. So again, for those who want to skip, there'll be a little uh, timestamp on my Facebook and Lisbon page. So. Check that out, and uh, now we move on to our next topic, which is uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy spoiler scene. Okay. At the end of at the end of, uh, at the, end of the at the end of the movie, and I I say we're just going to talk about the spoiler scene because it got leaked a week before it a week before the movie came out. Yeah. And Marvel did not do a good job with covering this up. No, 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 they didn't. They bluntly just said, "Yeah, he's in the film." Because <laughs> it got late. Because one again, at least I'm happy with Dota E. At least something get well with Marvel per se. I'm happy with them because at least something gets leaked. 
next year. At least, like, it gets leaked, and then they, they're like, okay, we're okay with it, and we're not we're not going to take it down, like Fox did with the Deadpool footage, which, I, again, I've seen the Deadpool footage, it's okay, it's a Deadpool movie, is is it's what a Deadpool movie would look like, so... They're finally finished um, the HD copy of it now. Oh, okay. It's, it's online <laughs> to view for everyone to watch it now, because... Um, 26- yeah, I, I, I saw that, it was okay, it wasn't anything to write home about. There, there, there were some funny moments, it, it, it felt like a Deadpool comic come to life but mm. yeah I, I i'd be like i because when i saw that i was i would be like you know i'd be more interested in seeing like a director video deadpool movie than i would a theatrical deadpool movie to be quite honest because yeah. i think he works better with that than he does with an actual movie but whatever i i'm not a big deadpool fan so i'm meh, either way so yeah i've seen the film you haven't seen the film yet. Uh, um, for those now. for those that want that want to know, um, the movie's not out here where I am, and I'm going to be seeing it next Thursday. Yeah. So please bear in mind, like it's going to be like maybe two two episodes of us not talking about this until like next Thursday when I'm mm-hmm. prob- when I'm probably seeing it and you know, I'm going to talk about it, and then we're going to have a special episode where we're just going to discuss Guardians of the Galaxy. Of course. So again, <laughs> for those for those of uh, for those who are tired of the normal format, we we usually do do these type of special episodes where we break out of the norm and you know talk about other stuff mm-hmm. for like one episode, and we're gonna do Guardians, and I am gonna be picking up a little bit, you know, because I got a lot of a lot of birthday money, and I'm probably gonna pick up like some Guardians comics and yeah. read those. I, so you know, again with Howard the Dark, the scene itself is good. It was funny. I liked it personally. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny. And again, it was out of nowhere. A lot of people were like, "Oh, again." Apart from the people who knew about it, <laughs> I, I knew people who saw it didn't know nothing about it. They knew who he was. <laughs> That's how influenced that original film was. Yeah, because that that movie that that movie was so infamous it was it it sat on a shelf and didn't get a proper DVD release until 2009 that should tell you a lot about that movie yeah it came out in 1985 by Lucas and Universal Pictures and it was a box office bomb <laughs> cuz cuz here's the thing Howard the Duck I think has more a more interesting history than he does as a character in the comics cuz yeah because his creator Steve uh, Steve Gruber, his his history with Marvel hasn't been pleasant. Like he he's been known to have to hate deadlines, and he made an entire comic that was nothing but a commentary on how to write a story instead of an actual comic because he missed the deadline. Yeah, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah, because didn't he um, apart from Ma- um, apart from Howard the Duck, he did Man Thing as well, didn't he? Uh, Howard the Duck appeared in Man Thing yeah. as like a one-shot joke, and he died at the end of that. But like, so many people wrote to him that day and said, "We want to see more of that duck," and he's like, "Okay." <laughs> so he did it, and it became quite a cult character. Howard the Duck, because it's it's like I can't really describe as Howard the Duck story because it's so real as all shit. Yeah. The, it, it, the first issue starts with him wanting to commit suicide and climbing on, on top of a mountain of, made of credit cards. Yep. 
I'm not making that up. <laughs> no, you cannot make up this shit. And again, they recently just introduced his ultimate version as well. And that's crazy as well. <laughs> oh my god, it's... How the Duck is one of these really outsourced characters when you see and you hear the concept about it, you just nod your head and he's like, ah, was the crater on drugs when he made this? Yeah, because Steve always like hated... He wasn't like your traditional comic writer. He was someone who wanted to push the boundaries, say... Because his comics, even his Man-Thing run, dealt with like censorship, environmentalism, all these comics that, all these issues that uh, comics during the 70s weren't touching upon. Yeah. And I think that's what made him such a good writer at the time, because he was yeah. edgy. It, it's funny, because he started out as a copywriter. Yeah. <laughs> which is weird. And, and, and a copywriter used to help to create direct mail prices, tagline, jingle, jingles, web, again... It was a very unusual <laughs> position he was in when he started off as, and then and he wor- and and unlike a lot of people, and he worked in like a lot of animation. Yeah. Um, he did short stories as well. Yeah, I mean he he was a he's a great influence to me as a writer because I I really enjoy his writing style and I love yeah. I love his anti corporate you know agenda I think yeah. because he. And he fought so hard to, for Howard the Duck because he was getting tired of the way it was being treated at Marvel. And he talked, he went to everyone else and said, "I, I want to, I want the rights to my character because it's, it's like he wasn't happy with the way he was being treated." And he got fired off the book, and he hated the issues that he didn't write on the book after he was fired. Yeah, that was the thing because it was not a ugly it was a very ugly end with his relationship with marvel a lot of people think oh no he's his characters in the new film and stuff like that they got out of it. no it was messy very very messy there's a reason it was only a cameo and not a starring yeah. role oh, do you remember <laughs> him trying to um do you remember the dig they did the the he's saying that he's pissed off that Marvel still own the rights to to Out of the Duck. Oh, do you remember uh, he teamed up with Jack Kirby? Yeah, he he teamed up with Jack Kirby and they created uh, Des- what was it, Destroyer Des- the Duck, Destroyer Duck at Image, and that was a good series. And then came the crossover, Destroyer Duck issue. makes Power of the Duck. <laughs> oh my! Where where what, what the story was was Gambit was Spider Man and uh, Howard the Duck teaming up in like the Marvel side, and they were fought a clo- they fought a guy who was cloning. Uh, clones because you know clone saga whatever and on the image side savage dragon teamed up with destroyer duck to do the same thing and they both got together in the warehouse and what happened was both the guys came out of the warehouse with a copy of howard but in the image comics one it basically says that the that that howard was the real howard and the marvel one was a fake good going guys good going (laughs) So technically, Image owns the real Howard. <laughs> well, by their exactly. words, exactly, but not by actual law. <laughs> oh, and then came the Max series of Howard the Duck in 2002, where Steve Gruber just was like, "You know what? We, you know, we're pissed off at, at at us," and they gave him, the, they made him do like a limited series with with that. Yeah. And and for those who don't know, the Max imprint was basically like a you know explicit version of the Marvel characters and seeing as he didn't have censorship to worry about 
He went nuts with that. Yeah. He riffed on everything. Religion, Mickey Mouse, Disney, all the shit. It was insane. Didn't I did he rip on like Rupert Murdoch at one point? Yeah, I think he did in that as well. So so again, he's he's the kind of guy I really like cuz he doesn't give a fuck and he does, you know, does what he wants to do. Mhm. I think with um again, with Howard the Duck, again like you mentioned, his in- interest and stuff like that, his history is more interesting than the actual character is and yeah. he, again, he's a property I would say Marvel has again, again, personal opinion. I think they do have respect for the character in the sense of that they haven't threw him away on the bucket list, to be honest. Yeah. They have done some stupid stuff with him. Some very stupid stuff with him, but... Like that 2007-2008 limited series where they gave him a new design that looked more like a realistic duck and it just looked creepy. Yeah. But, but again, at least he's not a character that Marvel's forgotten. I will. I will. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. And again, I again the whole after credit sequence with him was good. I got to say, and I I liked it. I, I I really did like the after credit sequence, and it does give you hope that they might do something with him. I will not. I'm not going to say they're going to make a film of him, but I'm going to say this: Marvel one shot maybe which I wouldn't mind seeing, how he ended up with the Collector, or how he ended up there. I, I will say that I was happy that they at least, after that scene ended, they, they put in the Power of the Duck created by Steve Gruber and you know the other artist who did the, um, the arts. Maverick, I think his name was. Yeah, I thought that was, that was nice a nice touch to say that, yeah... We've had some terrible history, but it does, you know, Howard deep down belongs to Steve and not us. Yeah. <laughs> and again, I've really, um, because after any after credit sequence, when they have a surprise cameo from a character, that's the first time they actually put in white text saying created by so Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> created by um, Steve, again, Steve and Vin. Yeah. <laughs> it was very, it was good, good. It was treated well and, um, I think Howard's probably going to end up getting a Marvel one-shot, maybe. And if that's the case, I'm happy with that, because it does show Marvel has more faith in their characters and more faith in doing this, taking these risks. All these characters. I would like to see a slapstick movie down the line, though. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe they can do that with... Uh, maybe they can do that one-shot with Marvel with, with a slapstick one-shot with Howard the Duck sort of thing. He ends up with the... Because that's a way too obscure character, even for Marvel. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's like one of these things. It's like the character... It, it, it's there. And it was good. And again, it was voiced by Steph Green of all people, which was surprising. Because when I was watching, first time I watched it, because I've seen the film twice already, first time I watched it, I didn't recognize the voice. And the second time I watched it, after knowing it was Steph Green, I, I was like, ah, I can kind of hear him, hear him there. <laughs> I wonder how long he had to get quiet about that. <laughs> no, seriously, he, I can imagine he was probably like, oh my God, I'm in a, I'm in a because the thing, thing about Steph Green, he's a huge comic book fan and 
he's a huge fan of this sort of material and stuff like that. And I think him getting that part was probably like, oh my god, I'm actually in a Marvel film. <laughs> you know. And again, I mean, he's done well for himself. I mean, he's more known as a voice actor now than an actual actor, and you know, I think that's a good career choice for him. Yeah. He's done well for himself, and again, him doing Hour of the Dark, I have no problems with it, because some people were like, oh, why is Steph Green, man? Why is Steph Green, Hour of the Dark? And I'm like, oh, really? I've all he's a voice stuff. actor. He's done Robot Chicken. He's a voice actor, okay? Just, just, uh, just getting that out there. Just <laughs> get over it. He's Hour of the Duck. He's officially Hour of the Duck for Marvel. I mean, if I if I had to, re- if I have to, I mean, for fuck's sake, if I have to go in he- to this movie and accept that Bradley Cooper is Rocket Raccoon, fine, whatever. Except <laughs> just Steph Green as Howard the Duck. <laughs> Even saying the name Howard the Duck doesn't sound right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, again, he Howard Duck known been known for to turn up w- with the Guardian of the Galaxies in their comics. So you know, he made cameo appearances in there and. Good. Um, again, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see Howard back. And again, for those who are interested in reading more about Howard the Duck, the entire the entire uh, classic run uh, of Howard the Duck is available digitally now, so you can go pick that up. Oh yeah, definitely. It's on Marvel's <laughs> digital on demand digital service. And on Comixology, which is what I use to read my digital copies. So pick them up. Mm-hmm. So. Anyway, with that said, let's move on to something else. Oh dear. <laughs> Which is, um, you know, speaking of characters from the obscure 90s and, and early and whenever the fuck, Dragon Ball is slowly making a comeback, isn't it? <laughs> oh yeah, surprisingly, yeah. But um, again, I shouldn't be surprised because they did the Battle of the Gods to celebrate their anniversary, um, 20 year anniversary, and is it 25? I think so, maybe. I might be, yeah, I think it's 25-year anniversary, and sure enough, it did well. Everyone loved it, and I think I'm getting the anniversary date wrong, but I can't remember what was on my head when it first came out, but I enjoyed it. I thought it was brilliant. It was really good Battle of the Gods. I've seen the Japanese, I've seen the original Japanese dub of it, and I'm happy that it's getting it's getting a redub by Funimation for the Western audiences. Well, again, because it's one of their biggest sellers, and Funimation is constantly re-releasing Dragon Ball on DVD and Blu-ray. So, yeah, it's it's one of those shows you're not going to miss out on. No, <laughs> that's no, never no. gonna that's never gonna go out of print, no matter what. I mean, it did really, really good at the box office when it came out last year, Battle of the Gods, and now it's finally getting a. And from what I've been told, it's getting a limited release here uh, in America, and it's getting straight. To, it's even getting straight the DVD release here in the UK, which is unheard of because <laughs> they don't bother. They never bother to release this shit over here in the UK, which is oh, they re- mad. Well, they only started to re-release the original Dragon Ball series on DVD here. Because, uh, because again, the problem with uh, with Dragon Ball is like. It's not like other shows where Funimation or wh- whoever owns the rights and they do their own dubbing and whatnot. Oh, you mean me? With, with, with Dragon Ball, there were various different dub companies that did the dubbing. Oh, bet. And, 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 and in each and in each region, the, that dub was the main dub. Oh, yeah. It's like here in the UK, we had Big Green Dub, which was known, known as Ocean Dub. 
that that was awful. Oh, you mean the, <laughs> that was horrendous. Oh, you mean the evil space monster? <laughs> oh, Brawley was butchered. Bra- Brawley was butchered in those dubs badly. And Piccolo. Piccolo. Mm-hmm. They didn't bother calling him Piccolo, they just called him Big Green. <laughs> you understand? Oh, God, that was all, they, they were horrible. They were horrible, horrible, horrible dub. And again, a lot of people saying, why well, I keep saying they're horrible? They came out during the mid the late during the mid noughties when dubbing actually became good for anime. The standard of dubbing for this was essentially dubbing from the early nineties, from the eighties standards. And if yeah, because here's the thing: if you're a big anime fan like I was, you notice that a lot of OVAs that came out that were imported into America and, and the rest of the world had pretty shitty dubs. Oh yeah. <laughs> If there's any animation that was dubbed during the 80s or early 90s, it was horribly done. Because <laughs> they weren't. Because it was a new thing. It was like an underground thing, and there, there weren't unions for this shit like it, there was now. Oh, but no. I mean, they just got random voice actors off the street and 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 or in Canada or wherever they recorded this shit and said, "Can you do a voice?" Yeah, okay. And funny enough, one of my funniest stories about these shows was if anyone's familiar with the original with the original Guyver anime that came out uh, in the '90s, guess who was uh, the voice of Guyver Three? Who? Steve Blum. Oh wow! <laughs> so he's come a long way <laughs> from those days. Yeah. I want. I wonder if he gets anyone who comes up to him and actually say, "Hey, yeah, I remember you doing that, doing that in that dub." He actually loves doing that, and even said multiple times in in, uh, in convention appearances that if he would like to do it again, he would. Because even he said he was kind of green at the time, and he loved Guyver 3. Yeah. And he loved to do it again. Oh, yeah. I've... <laughs> again, I'm, I'm happy that Dragon Ball getting more hype and stuff. And the other reason why he's getting a lot of notoriety again... Because they're releasing their, first theat- their second theatrical film, After Battle of the Gods... And the whole storyline of it, the teaser saying that the worst wish can possibly ever be made has been made. <laughs> to reboot this entire series and keep going after it's dead? <laughs> well, I can imagine the wish... A lot of people have been speculating about this. What could this wish be? And one of them was... Um, the speculation was that Shenron got free from the Dragon Balls. Uh, and then a lot of people said, oh, yeah, they did that in uh, GT. And I went, oh, God. That never okay, happened. Let's... Never <laughs> happened. Never happened. <laughs> it happened, but it never happened. But um, it's interesting where they're going to go with it. Um, I'm curious. I'm, I want to know. But <laughs> I, I, I talked about this on another podcast. Um, and, yeah, it's... Mm. I, I, I don't 100% I'm happy for it I can't wait for it the teaser did its job so you know good on I'm happy Dragon Ball getting more hype this what what you do with an old franchise you show quite you do a lot with it you have a hiatus you do little things ongoing in between it then you bring it back back properly unlike some other shows which um, we care to clarify like One Piece who been going since probably longer than we have been on this planet, even me or Adele here. <laughs> I just like to point out, and it's, it's it's over 600 episodes, and only 300 of the episodes been dubbed in English, I would like to point out as well. 
I feel sorry for the filmation voice actors who have to constantly keep dubbing this shit and they're like, yeah, they get more work and they get paid, but they're never, they're all gonna die before the completion is finished. Yeah, because, um, what's his name? The creator of One Piece keeps saying, no, it can go for another ten years. Fuck! <laughs> like, okay, I'll say this, I'm, you know, Dragon Ball is not a perfect anime. If, if anything, I would describe it as a show I have a, a love-hate relationship with, because because it, when it, when it's good, it's good. When it's bad, it's fucking horrendously oh, yeah. bad. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> but at the same time, at least with Dragon Ball, they released Kai, and at least with Kai, it's like, hey, you want to get into Dragon Ball but not want to watch the filler? Watch Kai. Oh yeah, Kai. And I like that. I recommend that to anyone. Anyone say to me, oh, Dragon Ball, anything good to watch? Yeah, watch Kai. But with One Piece, it's it just keeps going and going and going and going, and it's never going to end. It's never going to end. No. It's just that's my problem with most anime. I, it's like I I think, I, 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 think, I, I, yeah. I I I I tend to avoid animes that go past like fifty episodes because I think those are a waste of time and a waste of money. This is <laughs> quite what, frankly. This is all going to say about One Piece. The Simpsons is going to end before One Piece stunts. <laughs> That's pretty much what I'm going to say, and I'm going to stick by that. Uh, you know, again, I I may not like Naruto or Bleach, but they're nothing compared to how stupid One Piece is, At least Bleach. to be quite honest. At least Bleach end, ended. <laughs> yeah. And at least with... At least with, you know... Naruto it ended and came back as a new show and it looks like it's going to happen again now with Naruto you know because they're apparently having their last movie with the original cast and then apparently they're going to move on to the next generation <laughs> no seriously that, that's the actual thing they're probably going to be going on at this moment uh, so it's like Digimon which I, I cannot believe is still a fucking thing oh you mean Digimon who essentially getting a sequel series but is actually a prequel midquel series now <laughs> I like to point that out to people um, I've talked about this heavily on another podcast and on on on, on, on an animated podcast I do called Operation Taku and oh my god it's Oh, it's it's stupid. <laughs> it really is stupid. No, I, I'm sorry because I, I I I was shocked because like you told me about this and I and I was like, wait a minute, Digimon is still a thing? Why? Yeah, no, it's like I just I heard that there was a season after season three, but I I never heard it. I never saw it, and then I was told recently, oh, it went on for about six seasons, and I'm like, wait, what? And it's still going. <laughs> Where was this the thing? <laughs> oh my god! They recently, for their because they're celebrating their fifth, I want to say fifteen year anniversary. Yeah. Um, and they're basically trying to bring out saying, "Oh, we're going to do a sequel scene to the original Dizzy Destins, and it's going to be them in high school and stuff like that." And and we're really re-releasing the original classic Digitainment devices toys now again in Japan and the US. And I'm like, okay, it's gonna come back yeah <laughs> i didn't even know that it still had a fan base i mean i know sailor moon still has a dumb fan base for whatever fucking reason but digimon nah <laughs> you do realize that that's mostly most guys goals goals at con is basically have sex with someone who just a female dress up as sailor moon <laughs> so 
Even Big Bang Theory made a joke about it, and it's true. Ugh. It is so true. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm shocked that uh, in Japan, I learned that the schoolgirl outfit is now called, is legit, is legit called, I'm not making this up, a sailor outfit. Wow. A sailor uniform or something like that, and I'm like, wow, god damn that show. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> It's like, it's a sailor outfit, and I'm like, you mean a school uniform, right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that, again, Dragon Ball Z coming back, um, new film, and um, Battle of the Gods. Yeah, Battle of the Gods coming out on limited edition on, on US and straight to DVD in UK, right? Yep, it's out on the 10th of December here in the UK. Okay. So that's cool. So it's gonna be like the film, the film, the Funimation dub, right? Yeah, it's the Funimation one. Oh, but okay. Funimation officially got the rights to dub it here in the UK now. Finally, it took them this long. <laughs> Do not get me started on ocean dubs. The ocean dubs were horrible. And uh, moving on to our next topic. Um, speaking of anime, while we're on the anime discussion, uh, Studio Ghibli has been having problems with their production, Ooh. and they, they, they've said that they are going on, and I quote, a hiatus. Oh, did you also see the interview on Tokyo TV? No, what did they say? They said they're having a house cleaning. Oh. <laughs> no, I mean that. He literally said that. The guy who runs it, the, the Super Ghibli, they had him on the show, and he said, well, don't worry, we're kind of going through a cleaning period and a house cleaning clearing. <laughs> Yeah, basically, you know what that means. People are going to get laid off. A lot of people are going to get laid off. This is never a good sign. Spring cleaning. Spring cleaning. Yeah. <laughs> I, I honestly feel bad for them because, again, I'm not a big Studio Ghibli fan, but they do a lot of good work, and I'm kind of sad to see them fall down this pit because any company having to close down or shut down their doors and, and fire everyone is just terrible. For anyone, I think. Yeah, for anyone who doesn't know what Studio Ghibli is, it's the company that has quite infamously made quite some really big films like Academy Award winning film Spirit Away, How's Moving Castle, My Neighbor um, Toyo, is that the correct name for it? I think so. And Poyo, it made a lot of great little animation—not um, little, but huge animation films over the years. And a, a lot of them are still talked about and very, very emotional, and they're very well done. The stories, again, you either like them, you don't like them. That's another thing with them. But it is a very influential company because it's one of the biggest animation companies out there, and it gives a lot of people work. So yeah, and it's just, and it's just it's just kind of sad to see them fall down this path because 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 Miyazaki retired and, and they're like shit what do we do now that's the thing that, that's that's my one thing which I have thought about this when I heard about this I thought you're a huge studio and you're lying on one guy what the hell are you doing what is your contingency plan because it's just like you know it sounds like this this just to me just sound like bad bad business business work just... Yeah, because because again, even any company who uh, if you're a big company, don't rely on one person. Oh no! Like 
train other people behind the scenes. Like, say, you know, okay, when this guy retires or dies, you're going to take over. Yeah. You know, or have them mentor them or something like that. Because, come on, I mean, you guys do fantastic work, and it's kind of sad to see you guys, like, go down like this, because it's just... And it didn't help that what was it their their newest movie flopped at the at the at the uh, box office over there. Yeah. So it's it they're already in a bad position because for those that don't know the Japanese uh, film market, you kind of need to make mo- your money back uh, in the box office. It's not like in America and the rest of the world where if you if you uh, don't make that that well on uh, in. Uh, in the box office, you can hope that DVD sales are good enough to make your money back. But with Japan, it's like, nah. You know, you, you make your money back on on the on opening weekend or not. Mm-hmm. So it's it's it just sucks for them because their their movie flopped and uh, Miyazaki's gone and they're just like, fuck it, we we gotta lay people off because we're losing a lot of money. So yeah, they, it sounds like their animation film division may be closing down. It's not a hundred percent official yet, and it hasn't been made official yet. But at this rate, it sounds like they are going to close down their film division, and they're going to try to focus on other practices somewhere else. So I have no idea where they're going to go with it. It's just I think it's probably just going to end up the company's going to declare, um, probably just going to declare bankruptcy at this point to be honest and basically say that they're done yeah pretty much which is the unfortunate event because this is again a lot of great animation animation sound designers you name it worked in animation worked for this company and it's it's a huge layoff and it's one of their biggest studios in Japan uh, their only hope is that if they get bought out by someone else which I doubt it yeah this is going to be the other problem it does go someone's going to have to pick up all the rights for these animations I, I I would see Disney picking them up, but yeah. I'm not sure about that. Well, again, Disney does have tie-in contracts with Studio Ghibli, so they might buy the company. If they do buy the company, I can see it's still going, but I don't know if that would probably be a profitable sign to Disney because their last, last Ghibli's last film did not perform well. Like it, I know, I know. Which is sad, and it was the high win. Again, it did... It did okay review wise, but money wise, it's it did okay, but it didn't do as much as they were expected. Because uh, again, you know, I I say Disney because Disney's buying pretty much everything right now. Well, again, like they're buying well, like every every forgotten franchise well, there is Disney out there. Disney does all the dubs for the studio, the Western association of all the studio Ghibli films. Yeah, that's the reason why. Yeah. So I would imagine them picking them up if 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 things go bad, but I doubt it because cause like you said, they're not doing well financially, and why would any company pick them up if they're not going to bring in a profit? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of it's just depressing. It really yeah. is because you know I'm not, I mean I'm not a huge Studio Ghibli fan, but I would admit that if I had to pick one movie that I liked out of all of them is Howl's Moving, Moving Castle. Yeah. I thought that was a fantastic movie that everyone should see before they die because that was a beautiful movie about life and getting older and and the message of getting older doesn't really affect you. Getting older shouldn't be the end of the world for you because you're going to, you know... You're going to enjoy life on the way. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was a fantastic movie. I loved it. It was... 
beautiful visuals. Yeah. Fantastically beautiful visuals. I, I just... I love that movie so much. <laughs> I think when it comes to Studio Ghibli, it's a fantastic, a fantastic studio. It's a shame to see it go, um, go. But um, we just want to reiterate to people who listen to this: it has not been made official yet. At the time of this recording, that studio is shutting down. They basically said they're on the state of hiatus. So at this moment in time. We have no idea it's official, it's being shut down yet, but at the, the rate it's going, looks like it's heading that way. Yeah, which is just, it's sad. Yeah. Because like, they even said this like last time when we talked about TNA shutting down, I said even, I don't I don't celebrate companies shutting down. No. I think that any company that shuts down is sad, yeah. no matter who it is. Oh yeah, it's a loss, that's the thing. And the thing you got to remember with a company, they have a lot of employees for that company, and you can think of, remember at the end of the day, a lot of people are going to be losing their jobs, their their yeah. livelihood, their income. Especially, like, here's the thing, the anime market in Japan is slowly dying. Like, let's not mince words here. It It, it is slowly dying, and same thing with, like, the West. If you ask anyone about the... About the uh, the, the, the current state of anime, it's slowly dying because, like, there isn't... There isn't that much interest in it, to be quite honest. No, that's no. why you, you, that's why you, you don't see a lot of obscure anime coming in, coming into the West. Like you'll see the big name animes coming Naruto, in. Naruto, One Piece, Dragon Ball Z, Bleach, that sort of stuff. Like, like you'll see like stuff like Attack on Titan or Sailor Kill Moon. a Kill, or, or like Kill a Kill or Sailor Moon or any of that stuff coming into the West. But you're not gonna see like some really obscure stuff that they've got coming out. That's going to come out later, later in, um, later to the states because there's not a lot of demand for it, which no. I think is sad because anime, anime to me is a good, is a good um, alternative to Western animation because mm-hmm. cause sometimes when there aren't a lot of Western shows I want to watch, I would just go to to um, anime, mm-hmm. like because because sometimes like with the case of like the new TMNT cartoon. Um, they would usually like have a hiatus for like a couple of months till the next episode airs, and I'm like, fuck that! I'll just go watch another anime, an anime, to you know pass the time. Mm-hmm. And and I'm that, and again, I'm that guy who's like, I don't want to watch subs. I want to watch dub. I'm sorry, that's just yeah. how I how I roll. I'm sorry. Again, it would mean because um, with with my um, dyslexia, I do have a problem reading and personally I'd rather watch a dub than a sub to be honest yeah. and then again sometimes the dub can surprisingly and shockingly can be better than the sub <laughs> and I know I've, I, I got on record and saying this and I got death threats because of it <laughs> what did you say was better than the, um, than the Attack on oh. Titans is the dub's better than the sub well I'm not <laughs> <laughs> see you can't even deny it uh, well, I, I don't like that show to begin with, so I can't really say other, either way. Oh, no, we, we even um, got on record saying, um, this is me on the other podcast, we got on record saying that uh, One Piece, the the manga is better, better than the anime, and we got death threats over it. <laughs> we got people saying, no, One Piece is the greatest anime of all time, it's going to have a masterpiece of an ending. <laughs> I'm quoting the words there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
again, this the I do wonder for myself. Why do the hell do I host an anime podcast on a YouTube channel, which people moan and bitch about it constantly? <laughs> it's like, how dare you talk shit about One Piece? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I'm sorry. They call something giving an opinion. My opinion is that One Piece sucks. And funny enough, I want to go on record saying this. I started reading the manga of One Piece. And I say this already. The manga's a lot better than the anime. By far. <laughs> I just want to point that out and reiterate that. Well, I know the Yu-Gi-Oh! anime. The Yu-Gi-Oh! manga is a hell of a lot better than the oh, anime. <laughs> it is a guilty pleasure, the, um, the manga for Yu-Gi-Oh! Because it is... I go on record, I've been reading that as well. Um, recently, only because where I'm working at the moment, I basically has like a library where it is, and I have to be on the desk. So what I do, I normally go in the library and just borrow some of the books and just read read them. And I've been reading the manga books, and I've been reading the original Yu-Gi-Oh manga. My God, it is dark and terrifying, <laughs> and so wrong in so many ways. But they, okay, just to give you an idea what happened in it, there's a bit. When Yugi and friends, um, Joe, including including him, Taya, Joey, and Tristan, they get stuck in a haunted house, and they get stuck in this whole sex situation where they have to do these trials of um, Kaiba. Keep in mind the original manga. When I want to clarify, it's not about it's not it's not about the card game. It had little to no card game in it. It's more about the gambling and gambling for your life and death and stuff like that. And then again, reiterate in the haunted house, they get put on a, on a cart ride when they have to go through a haunted house. And the whole game is that they're on the thing. If they make any noise, they get electrocuted to death. So there's a guy, Kaiba's butler is on it. And he's like, right, I'll make this a fair game. I'll ride the ride on with you. So he realizing no one's getting scared. So what does he do? He pushes a button, which um, essentially starts molesting Taya. <laughs> no no a bunch of hands come out from the chair try to tickle her and fondle her boobs <laughs> and then a lot of people being like oh no no no, 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 no. Anyway, look at the next remember read, read that read that chapter and then look at Taya's face I'm sorry <laughs> and guess no 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 seriously how, guess how they get out of that situation Oh. There's a little the Tristan in the whole whole that um in that whole that chapter well during that chapter building up the Cold Kyber thing has a little a, looking after his like nephew a little kid and little kid gets free off off the off the device goes up to the buckler guy and keep in mind I'm talking about a little little kid like a baby almost decide to go sit on the lap of the bad guy and takes a takes a huge poop on him. And he screams because of it. And he gets executed <laughs> to death. I am not making this shit up. This actually does happen. <laughs> That's the Yugi Yu-Gi-Oh manga. That's all I have to say. <laughs> oh, God. Now I'm pissed off that they bastardized this in the end. <laughs> It gets better. It really does get better, and I, and I really, really want to read the rest of it. It, it. It's not long, that's the thing. There's not that many chapters for it, but it's pretty fun. There, there's a bit when um, Set um, Mokuba Kaiba 
when he gets in a game with Yugi and Joey, when he spins this, this like um, roulette table and has food on it. And he says, oh, yeah, in some of these food, they have poison in it. So good luck um, not getting the poison food. Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, it gets better. Um, there's a bit when there's a character in, in the manga that they never bring up or ever mention in the anime where his father realized how much of a dork he is. And it's like, oh, he needs self self conscious buildings over that, and he really, really does care about his son. But he goes to the extent of pays a bunch of thugs, which he knew his son will run off out the house, dressed up as his made up superhero, and pretend to lose losing a fight to to him them. <laughs> so Yamai Yugi comes along. He plays a game with them when he takes when he's like, okay, I'm going to take a spray paint can. They're trying to beat him up and like trying to stab him with switch knives and everything like this. Again, very Yu Gi Oh. He he makes this little map thing on it. He sets it afire, the spray paint, and makes a fire maze, which they get set on a fire. And, and Yamo Yuga say, yeah, you need to get out of the maze quickly. And otherwise well, you're going to die. And they all jump into into the river from quite a high height. Why on fire? Wow. <laughs> oh, no, no, it gets better. They play a game in the first, very first one. They play a game when they get like, what's it, like 10,000 yen or something like that. And they place it on top of this their hand. They get a knife. And they say, okay, who can get the most money from this from this game wins, but the loser ends up the one who's stabbing their own hand. And what happened was that they keep playing, keep playing. The guy basically is like, screw this shit, I'm just going to stab you instead. And you, Yama Yuga's like, ah, you're cheating. And making goes completely batshit insane, so everything he sees is money. <laughs> and also, there's, wow. there's a lot of scenes with... Um, Yugi fantasizing about Taya and Joey and Tristan tr- trying to get a look at her panties. <laughs> well, of course, it's Japan, and in Japan, every every teenage boy is ho- as a horny teenage boy. Oh yeah, there's a there's a, there's a whole sequence of one of the chapters when um, um, Joey's talking about um, watching a porno for the first time, and he says he's going to lend it to Yugi. <laughs> And also, Yugi's mum turns up in this anime as well. Wow. <laughs> in, in this manga. And it's mind-blowing. And, and it, oh, my God. It, it's weird. It's so weird. Oh, again, again. When, okay, again. I, I know we're going completely off topic here. But there's a bit when um, Kaiban loses to Yugi in, in a duel. In, like, a regular duel. And so Yugi's like, I'm going to treat you to a punishment game. And the punishment game was that he went to the Shadow Realm getting killed by the monsters from the actual card game over, over, and over again for 24 hours, I, I do declare. And so Seto, being Seto, you can imagine being a huge douchebag, he's really pissed off about this. So he invites Yugi to, um, to Kyberland, and um, it's like a giant theme park. He builds it specifically to try to kill Yugi. <laughs> and it, he, he says, oh, enter the T-Death Arena 1. I guess, and guess what the first arena is? The first arena, what? they play a game of laser quests, but with real lasers. And they have to take on trained people. Who Seto Kaido, by the way, buys? He buys a retire... Um, Green Bray army officer, a member of um, of the um, Russian military, 
and he buys an Asian assassin <laughs> to go up against three teenagers in a game of laser quest with real lasers. What the fuck? <laughs> you know, I swear to God, you go right somewhere. To sh- I swear to God, somewhere the Joker is thinking. God, God damn it, dude. <laughs> Lighten up. Yeah. And the funny thing was that this was the original manga and then they did adapt it into the anime, which they butchered. But um, when they saw the... Some people saw the original anime and I think some higher-up said, you know what's good about this? The card game aspect. Can you recreate the manga and just base it on the card game? And the original creator went, yeah, sure thing. Aww. And that's the reason why we ended up with... Because it was marketable. That was the thing. The whole card playing aspect was marketable. That probably was the only one of the only really good things that came out the original manga. I'm not going to lie, the original manga is fun to read, but it is horrible. <laughs> there's, a bit with, there's, there's a bit with Yugi get beaten up by a Bruce Lee lookalike, and then Joey said, oh, you can't beat up my friend anyway. Okay, I changed you a game of um, a, a, a game of death. And it's like, okay, what's the game? <laughs> okay, you put a knife in your mouth, and you've got to try to dodge all my attacks, and if I punch the knife, it go go right in the back of your throat and kills you. Jesus Christ! And Joey's like, screw this. He kicks it. He basically beats up the other guy and wins. <laughs> Doesn't kill him, but he beats him. What the fuck? Oh yeah. Also, there's a bit where Joey gets stuck in a pop pop pirate game. I, I want to read this now. It, I really do. You need to find a copy of it. It's fucking hilarious. It's really, it's a really good read. I've been serious. You really, really need to find this. It's a brilliant real read. And uh, I was quite surprised because I heard, I heard about it. And the only reason why I found out about this was, um, again, from Lin Caro when he did a review of the first the first chapter of Yu-Gi-Oh! The original manga. And I thought, this can't get as, this can't get as bad as it is. So I picked it up and read it. And I'm like, oh, my God, it gets worse. Seto bluntly wants to kill, murder Yugi in front of a light audience, nonetheless. <laughs> Again, he. Ma- I'll say it right now Seto Kaiba makes J- the Joker look like a pussy. And also, better <laughs> uh, yet, yeah, uh, how can I put this? Um, oh, yeah, and also Taya also really fancies Yama Yugi and want, uh, wants to be. His um, wants him to be his um, boyfriend. She wants to be in a relationship with Yama Yugi. <laughs> How much of a mindfuck is that? There's a love triangle going on within inside Yugi. Yugi likes Taya. Taya doesn't like Yugi, but Taya likes Yama Yugi. <laughs> so in that sense, if they do end up, if they do end up together. How much of a mindfuck would that be? Because uh, when Yugi turns into Yama Yugi, he doesn't remember anything. So how much of a mindfuck would that be if they do end up doing the deed and Yugi doesn't remember anything of it? (laughs) This this sounds like the greatest fucking thing ever. (laughs) For anyone who ever read it, I've already said this multiple times, go and read it. It's brilliant. Well, uh, uh, oh god, I... (laughs) We, we've gone off topic, but I, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm again. This is that the first just sounds time. amazing. To be fair, this is the first time I've told Adore about this for the first time ever. So these are his natural 
emotions he's hearing right now, people. So, you know. Uh, but anyway, moving on to something else that is an anime, because we don't want to be here all day talking about anime. Uh, new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie's coming out Friday, I think? Next week. Is it? Yes. Okay. I think it's out. And, uh, yeah. and we already talked about the the whole... Con- well, we talked about the design controversy, but there's another controversy that I failed to touch upon that came out recently... Which is uh, a poster recently came out with the the turtles jumping out of a uh, out of an exploding building, and I think someone photoshopped it, yeah. saying September 11th. Someone rechanged the date from August 8th to into September 11th, <laughs> and that has gone viral. It's everywhere around the internet. You cannot get away from it, and it's really, really bad. It, like, cause, cause, a... cause, 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 it was so bad that people legit bought it as as the legit release date, and then, and then like they came, Paramount or somebody came out saying, no, this is fake. This is like, this is not, this is not the original poster. This is like the release date is fake. So I don't, I don't know what the fuck they. Uh, this was insane. <laughs> it was pretty bad. Again, you ever heard of damage control? This is the time to say, yeah, this needed damage control. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, because cause it's just like, no, why would we release that on, on like, why would we put something that offensive on, <laughs> for, for like, September 11th? Because here's the thing, the M, the M, M, the, the American Film Association are fucking pussies. They They really are. They... What was it? There was a poster for the Newson City movie that showed a woman holding a gun, and it looked like you could see her. She was wearing. She wasn't wearing a see-through uh, bathrobe, but you can tell. Like you could see, like her, I think her nipples sticking out a little yeah. bit, and and they got cold feet, and um, uh, they took that poster down. So. They wouldn't. They wouldn't blatantly put something like this up, for God's sakes. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Like it's. I don't like whoever like trolled this. Good job, sir. Good job. Well, well, uh, calls teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle nine eleven post a mis- a mistake in apologies after. Outcry online. <laughs> yeah, they basically say failing from the ball bill, uh, burning building with September 11th date was a mistake. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> this is getting the wrong type of press. <laughs> like, this poster got the name the 9-11 poster pulled <laughs> this was reported on the BBC website I am not joking <laughs> it's pretty bad like it's it's I don't I don't even know anymore <laughs> God damn it, Australia fucked up royally. Yeah, because it was the Australian division that did this. So, again, I'm not too shocked, but, you know. 
it was bad. Very bad. <laughs> like, because because here's the problem. Like most movie posters nowadays, like they're only they're always like photoshopped horrendous crap. Like no one wants to put any effort into movie posters anymore. So, so for the first time, someone decided to put in effort and say, you know what, this is a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, and that that poor Photoshop, that poorly photoshopped bullshit for the U.S. poster isn't gonna cut it. We want something epic. And they decide to put this on, and, and they're like, "Yep, <laughs> I don't see the irony in this at all." What's bad about that? That's the official release date for the Australian film. Yeah, I know. And oh. they, like, no one saw the irony in this. <laughs> he's mad. Didn't anyone stop at Paramount and be like, "Because again, Paramount is a quite big, reliable studio company, you know?" And it's just like, did anyone stop and went, "Hmm." A burning, blowing, a building blowing up with September the 11th. September the 11th on it. Mm, this is not going to backfire on us. And you posted on Twitter, of all things. Yep. <laughs> the site that every, that, that one of the most visited sites on the internet, and you posted yeah. up on there. I just like to keep in, in mind that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles also take place in New York. <laughs> So you know, read that as you will. <laughs> it was done. It was done from ball, uh, bad taste. It was a mistake. <laughs> it's just hilarious. Yeah. The one said, "He said combining that image and and the date was a mistake. We indeed, no offense, we have taken into account um, into account the action to discontinue its use." Uh, too late so, so, for so, that, so, buddy. I, I'm wondering if there's a giant warehouse in Australia that has those film posters somewhere. Oh, they're going to go crazy for eBay. Oh, yeah, they are. I can imagine someone back there, their job say, right, you need to, to, to destroy these posters. I can imagine they'd be like, fuck this shit, I'm going to sell this stuff on eBay. Because <laughs> it's just terrible. Like, everyone would want this now. Because, again, here's the thing. If you ban something, more people are going to want it. But if you just keep it there, they're just going to be like, yeah, whatever. Now, watch this poster go up for insane prices up on eBay. Trust me, it's going to happen. Because this is just, this is the most retarded shit I've seen all week. <laughs> it's, I, I, th there are no words to describe how stupid this is. Like, th there are no words, because, because like I said, someone took a look at this poster and said, yep. That looks good, and no irony whatsoever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just goddammit, Paramount. And and this is a Nickelodeon movie, by the way. Like this is distributed by their Nickelodeon Films division. So they looked at this as well and said, "Yep, it's okay." <laughs> Goddamn. A kids' company. We might like keep in mind Nickelodeon is. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy well yeah film coming out um, most places in August I think it's coming out here in the UK in August as well so it's been getting panned reviews but not terrible terrible reviews it's getting like 50% I've seen like 50% 30% on some sites here and there review wise percentage wise I mean, look, like I said, 
it's not going to be the worst live action movie uh, from the TMNT franchise. No, that, cause... That, that title is held by number three. Yeah. Nothing will be Turtles 3, because here's the thing. If you want to complain about terrible Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies, go watch Turtles 3. I watched that film recently again, and that's a whole... Oh, 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 oh. Long story why I watched that, but make a long story short, I had to do it for, for, for a favor for some... Uh, I had to do it for some friends, and yeah, um, not a good film. Horribly made. At least with this film, you can actually say, well, they're in the sewer... They're in New York City, and they're fighting the Shredder. At least they got that part right. Unlike Turtle 3, which involved time travel to ancient Japan. By the way, no Shredder. Not even an attempt to put an ancestor of the Shredder there. Deal with a British tradesman trying to sell firearms and gunpowder to the Japanese samurai. Also, it has some of the worst dialogue written ever. Oh, yeah. And again... Like, a, ba- a bad guy walks in and he's like, Turtles! And Donatello's like, who are you expecting? Yeah. The Adams Family? <laughs> you know um, the guy who plays the European tradesman in that film? Yeah. Guess what other films he's been in? What? He's been in Hot Fuzz. <laughs> you remember the doctor who said, said I deliver you, I-, I can take you out of this world as well? That's him! <laughs> I found out that recently. I'm like, well, you could join the class of Ivan Ooze. Simon Pegg must have this weird obsession with like these old crappy movies and uh, kids' movies and, and, uh, and the villains in them. And he's like, hmm, I wonder what he's up to now these days. Hey, you want to be in my film? Okay, cool. It's terrible. Like uh, the the effects look terrible. And if you want even worse, go watch the the next mutation. Oh, the next mutation is the whole of it itself. <laughs> like there is no joy in that. And and I swear to God, you want a drinking game? You want to kill yourself? Take a shot every time there's a cartoon sound effect in the next mutation. You will die. You will fucking die. Again, with that cartoon, it started off well. It's like, oh my god, it's the shredder. They can take on the shredder. Oh, wait, the clan's defeated in two episodes. And what's happening? Oh, there's a new bad guy who's an evil dragon emperor from another dimension. <laughs> not, to, not to mention the voice acting is like the voice acting in the, the, the suit movement doesn't doesn't translate well. Yeah. So most of the actors are acting with their hands yeah. like their hands are moving. around. Yeah. I've got to say one thing. There was one good episode. Which is? Um, you going to like it as well. They've got a voice actor in it, and he plays like a huntsman. Trying to hunt oh, he's, he, yeah. Well, Scott McNeil's been in, in, in a lot of episodes in that thing, I, which is just depressing. It's the one when they're in the house, and he's basically hunting just one of the turtles. Oh, the gorilla? Yes, the gorilla one. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's horrible, but it's probably the only good episode, because it's that bad. It's on the level, it's bad, it's good sort of territory. All the episodes, let's be honest, all the episodes are just horribly, ho- horrible. At least that has entertainment value because it has a turtle, a gorilla, and a voice actor being a, um, being a bounty hunter trying to, hu- trying, trying to hunt lion game. And the gorilla was like the cheapest looking costume ever. Yep. Like, <laughs> like it was like King Kong quality bad. And I want to keep it right because there's a recurring bad guy in that show who's actual gorilla and he, and he had a better costume. 
<laughs> and they had like the the doctor guy, and they had like this terrible looking puppet that was the like, the sidekick of the main dragon guy. Oh, the Emperor Dragon guy who basically comes into, into the human realm and takes over the remainders of the um, Foot Clan's empire. Like, no, they had, like, this little puppet sidekick. Yeah, I know. And it was just terrible. So when when that puppet gains ultimate power. (laughs) And becomes more powerful than anyone in the show. (laughs) And, and, okay, like, now while we're we're talking about Next Mutation, the biggest controversy this show has started, and still to this day is, like, the most hated slash loved character in the TMNT franchise is Venus. Oh, God, the female turtle. Yeah, which... she got so much hate. I, I, okay, here's here's where I stand with Venus. I don't mind there being a female turtle. I think it's offensive, though, to say that there was this turtle all along that they didn't know about. And just now they they're learning about it, and I hate the fact that they don't give her a cool weapon. It's like she has magic, deal with it. Just didn't she have fans? She does have fans. Oh God! It, it... to this day, like the, the, she has like a lot of people that hate her and a lot of people that like her, and and like I said, I'm kind of mixed about the character. I. She's not the worst character that's come out of TMNT to me. The worst character is, like, Irma. Yeah, they call her... Fucking hate Irma. <laughs> yeah, they call her Venus de Milo. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and, and she... And the problem with her is, like, she was just gener- she was just a generic female character. Like, she didn't have a personality of her own. She was just, like, the female. Yeah. That was it. Okay, this is going to make you laugh about her. Apparently, in a... Tw- 2007 interview with um, Kevin Monger, um, editor- editorial on the um, instructions of Peter Lynch, who gave him um, gave to him for TNT the film, which is the 07 film. Milo admitted the, uh, that among these rules was there's absolutely no mention of Realist de Milo, the female turtle. You can't even joke about that with Peter. It's one of those things that he hates with with a passion. <laughs> On a TNT turtle tent created in 2013, you can find the name Venus on on a dome next to the picture of a girl in a turtle costume that could be a reference to Vila de Milo. That's pretty much yeah. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> the character so bad that even Peter hated it. <laughs> Not saying a lot. Didn't one of them do porn? Which? Wait, what? One of them did porn with his wife. Like they made a sex tape or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, this is the first I'm hearing about it. <laughs> Again, yeah, this, is the co- this, this is the co-creator of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> one of them did. I don't remember. Wow. Just I, I do love the fact that that is because I know one of them hates the uh, '80s cartoon with a passion as well. I think like I know I know one of them does. I think that might might be the other one, not Peter, the other one. Because I know one of them hates that with a passion. Yeah, I've and and they only recently come to terms with it. That's the whole thing. I'm kind of surprised they went on and and sold all the rights to Nickelodeon, though. That was kind of weird, but whatever. Nickelodeon's been doing a good job with with the show. 
that's kind of weird that their entire franchise is like, yeah, we we don't own this anymore. We don't want it. We don't want it anymore. Here you go. <laughs> I think they realize. Um, I think they realize that again. P- um, Kevin Esman was the other guy. I think I think he's the one that hated the visual eighties cartoon. I don't know. It's weird. It's very weird. Because here's the thing, like TMNT is like such a such a weird franchise and such a hit and miss franchise as well. Mm-hmm. Like, cause, cause, like again, I know a lot of people love the '80s cartoon, but to be honest, some of those episodes were fucking terrible. Again, the first season's good because they exported their whole animation thing to to a Japan studio. <laughs> no, seriously, um, I was I was listening to the making of the first season because they released the first seized the first three seasons here in the UK. And they were talking about um, the making of the first season, and they said that the whole entire first season was exported to a Japan animation studio. That's the reason why the animation in the first season looked good. And then the rest of the season started to go downhill. <laughs> yeah, the rest of the the rest of the show, the seasons looked like ass. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you do? Well, well, you, well, you don't you don't mean that the red the Red Sky Night season was any good? It was okay. Like I, like I, I would say that at least there was effort to at least try and give the make them less annoying and wait what make sh- <laughs> sorry yeah. continue. And, uh, no, I, there was at least mm. some effort to try to make the turtles like less annoying and um, Shredder more like a badass character, and then they they had that new villain that was just terrible. Oh yeah, I know, yeah, I know which one you're talking about. <laughs> Lord Dreg or something who had like a who was an alien who had like an Elvis haircut or some shit oh, like that. Oh, you mean that they completely buried the original bad guys and brought in Lord Dreg for for, for the rest? Yeah, of the, uh, <laughs> I've seen that because um, the box set I was talking about they released here in the UK called was called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles the twenty five um, twenty five year anniversary special edition, and it had the first two seasons on it and plus four bonus episodes, and those bonus episodes were from the last season. Yeah. When they dead when they dealt with Lord Drake and my god. It is something the witness. <laughs> I I will say okay, Lord Drake was voiced by the amazing late Tony J and he did a fantastic job with what he was given, but still still not good. <laughs> god and then and then you had the Rat King in that series. Oh, you, he was you terrible. Mean, that does explain the, his look in um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, um, the new cartoon, though. Where he's like, I need to hide. I know a jacket and a, yeah. <laughs> and a fedora. Yeah. Oh yeah. Guess guess we're getting a re-release of from the Turtles. The first film's getting a Blu-ray release um, in September. In the UK. Yep. Oh, good for you. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> when, when was it? Well, it was 2012, because I just noted they re-released all the seasons of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in one collection. Yeah, that went out of print fast. Well, no surprise. Because it was, it, Cause it was, cause it was like a limited edition thing. Oh, which yeah. I, I, wish they, I wish they told me it was, because I thought it was going to be around for a while, but apparently it was just limited edition, oh, and I'm like, fuck. You, you can still get brand new copies of it here in the UK. Oh, okay. For, for, 60, <laughs> for £61. Pounds, mm. With over three hours of bonus footage. 
And well, from what I hear, it was just it's basically just the the previously released discs. Yeah, but, but... inside a box set with all yeah. the episodes. Because apparently, when they released them, they were actually missing some episodes on them. Oh, <laughs> no, I've been serious on that. They actually missed episodes on the actual discs. Well, fuck. <laughs> so you know, people were kind of pissed. They're like, "What the fuck is this shit?" <laughs> you literally are missing episodes from these discs. You know what I'm pissed off about? I'm pissed off that we haven't gotten an official, like, good release DVD season box set of uh, the 2003 Turtles. Oh, that's a nightmare within itself. Yeah. That was horribly mishandled. You know we still never got an official release for, for the uncut version of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Forever. Yeah, which pissed me off, because I'm like, oh, I'm going to buy this. What do you mean it's cut? Yeah. What do you mean half the good good dialogue is cut out? Yeah, they never... Ugh. For those who don't know, they released the film. When they released the film, it was the cut version. Because they showed the cut version on TV, and they promised for a long... And I mean for a long time, they promised for, for releasing the um, full cut of the film. They never did. Yeah, because Nickelodeon was like, fuck that shit. Like, and it wasn't, like, anything violent or anything like that. It was just, like, extra dialogue that really helped make it a lot better. But they were like, yeah, no, fuck it. We're just going to cut this out for time. And they they, they did they did say, oh, we're going to release it on DVD. And everyone was fine with that. And then Nickelodeon came and, and brought the rights. And, you know, the rest was history. <laughs> Unfortunately. It kind of pissed me off because, again, like, I... I think the 2003 version is the best out of all of them. Okay. I mean, the the first beat start of it. I mean, what was it? Ba- was it? The first. Fa- 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 fast, fast forward was terrible. I've been that was season, fucking horrendous. I've been was season five. Fast forward was terrible, and when um, Back to the Sewers came, it was too late because the show had already suffered enough with the ba- with the with the fast forward seasons. But I think that that the, the 2003 one was the best one because it was, it was more closer to the comics. It was a lot more serious in tone, mm-hmm. and it was just a lot better handled, I think, than the uh, than the 80s one. Yeah. And and hell, even like the the 2012 one is starting to get a lot better. Like first season's okay, but like season two is a vast improvement over. Over the first season, in my opinion, because mm-hmm. uh, you know they, they, what they did recently was just amazing. I don't want to spoil it because I know you haven't seen it. No, <laughs> I still need to get around seeing it. Well, you better because you know the season finale is going to air in September. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, have we got yeah, anything that... else? Yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, we kind of got sidetracked with the Yu-Gi-Oh! talk, but can you blame me? <laughs> well, it's the first time you ever heard of it. <laughs> anyway, that's that's it. Um, sorry if the episode is longer than usual. Internet fucked up, but, you know, it's all good. It's all good. Uh, so, that's been us. That's been another episode of Hello Government of the Podcast, and we'll see you all later. Bye. Yeah, bye.